filling our heart up with faith today. There's some places in your heart that were, it was almost like a stop sign that God says today he's going to move that stop sign. (laughs) And there's something that you were asking him for that he's going to do in this season of your life. How many people watch the Olympics? I love swimming. How many people love swimming? You know, I watched that little young lady from Alaska who powered through and ended up winning the gold medal. And I remember watching her. I was just sitting there glued to the TV and just I felt like I was in the race myself, watching her pull through, come from behind and and, and come out of nowhere and end up winning the race. And and the excitement of all the young uh, adults that were watching back at home and her parents that were watching over in Florida, I believe. And, and it just, I was really jumped in and was a part of that excitement. And it just made me think about my life and my Olympic experience. Can I share it with you? <laughs> so, let me see that first picture. That young man right there, he was a junior Olympic swimmer. Uh, he was eight years old. That's me, of course. Do I look the same? What do you think? <laughs> I still got the same eyes. But that young man didn't know what he was going to be in life. All he knew is that he was great at something. He wanted to be great at something. And I ended up going to the Salesian Boys Club downtown Columbus, and that's where I fell in love with swimming. I mean, I was really, really good at it. Uh, to the point that I probably was the best swimmer in the boys' club in all the boys' clubs. I mean, we used to travel around and race against each other. Go to the next slide for me. And you see down there, that's me. This is me and some of my trophies that I won in in swimming. I I got so great at it that my swim coach, his name was Tom Kulowitz, he pulled me to the side one time and he said, Derek, I'm going to take you somewhere and I'm going to challenge you. Uh, you. You haven't lost a single race, but I'm going to challenge you to see how great you can really be. And I'm like, okay. You know, like, I haven't lost yet. I'm not going to lose. I really had that mentality. I can't be beat. So he took me to this world, a new world that I have never been to. It opened up where I walked into the place, and it was a sea of people on every side with their colors on, and they were shouting over the kid's name. And I, and I really felt like I was in a rock concert, but it was swimming. And then I realized that this is actually swim teams. And here I am, a young boy without a swim team. Uh, I come up to the, uh, to, the, uh, to, to the swim meet, and I'm looking at my times, because they give you a sheet and which heat you're going to be in. And I couldn't find my name on the first sheet. Couldn't find my name on the second sheet, the third sheet. I go all the way to the bottom sheet, and there's my name at the last spot. I'm like, hold on, coach. These times are wrong. Why is these times so slow? He said, well, Derek, you have never swum in a meter pool. He said, so I added 10 seconds on every last one of your times uh, just to qualify you, so we really don't know where you are. So I said, okay, I'm going to get in here. I'm going to show him and show everybody that I'm not the last page. <laughs> you know, I had the mentality, okay, who's coming in second in here? You know, I had that mentality. I'm, I'm first place is already accounted for, who's second? So I get in the first race, and 
a course, the swimmers take your mark, get up there, go, and I tear through the water like a shark, do a flip turn, come back. First place, they, they were still swimming the other way when I got done. So I'm dead serious. So I get out the water, there, there's no applause because I'm the, I have no team there, no family there, it's just me and my swim coach. And I get out of the water like, oh, this is easy. I can do this all day. Well, what I didn't realize is that he put me in the slowest group. So it, it made sense that I will win with that lead because he added 10 seconds to all my time. By the end of the day, I was swimming in the last heat. You can keep on switching the pictures. I was swimming in the last heat, which is our best swimmers. And I remember this was feeling different. Well, I got up there, I was in lane four, and I'm sitting here looking around me, and it looked like everybody was just as confident as I was. And I'm like, hold on now. This doesn't feel the same here. So I'm like, oh yeah, this is going to be easy. I'm shaking my legs, my little skinny legs, and my little bony arms, and you know, my little big head with the glasses on that looked like they were goggles. And I remember getting down to my stroke, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to hit the water, and I'm going to power through for my first five strokes, and I'm going to take my breath, and I'm not going to see anybody there. It's going to be easy like always. So I hit the water, boom, I splash, I come through with my four powerful strokes, and I lean to my left to take a breath, but I see something different. I see somebody else right there. And I'm like, hold on, they're not supposed to be there. So I swim even harder. I say, okay, I'm going to take a breath every five seconds now. So I'm powering through five, six, seven, take a breath. They're still there. So now I'm like, I'm getting nervous. Like, is something wrong? Is what's going on? I have never been challenged before in swimming. So I'm, I'm watching the bottom of the lane, and there's a marker that tells you that the end is coming. And we swimmers, who, who's a swimmer here? One person, two people. You see that marker, three people. You see that marker, you know that the flip turn is coming. So I begin to count down my strokes till I get to the end. Five, four, three, two, flip. That's how we do it. So I'm coming through five, four, three, and I'm so nervous that I might be losing. I flip, but I flip too soon. So instead of powering off the wall, my little skinny legs hit nothing but air. And I remember being so crushed that I turned around and I watched everybody else, boom, and they go the other way. And I began to weep in the water crying. And my coach said, come running up to me. He says, Derek, what's wrong? What happened? He thought I hurt myself. I said, I missed my turn. He said, go, go, go. I said, I can't. I missed my turn. He said, Derek, look at me. He said, get down to the other end of that pool. And that by this time, I'm watching as I'm swimming with my goggles on. They're filling up with tears inside the goggles. And I'm watching everybody finish. And I'm just literally just one stroking it, two stroking it. And I remember something inside me said, what's the use? You might as well quit. And I pulled my goggles up in the middle of the race. And I swam the out of my lane. I got disqualified. And I got up on the side, got out the water, and I was crying and walking back. My coach was walking with me. We get to the locker room, we sit down. He's sitting beside me, I'm sitting across from me, and I'm sitting there snot-nosed, crying. I was a real, a real 
weeping little baby. I'm still a weeping boy. And he asked me a question. Tom said, what happened? I began to say, well, I missed my turn. I did it. He said, no, no. What happened? Why did you get out of your lane and quit? I said I was embarrassed. I never lost anything. And he looked me in the eye. He said, Derek, I don't ever expect you to win everything. But you got to finish. And that began to resonate with my heart because so many people in this room dealing with that right now. Finishing. Not quitting. Whether it be in your marriage, finance, your business, ministry, or just plain living. There's some urge to just quit. It may have been like me in that turn. I never, never had to deal with that type of adversity of doing a flip turn and missing my turn and, and having every eye looking at me. It seems like when you mess up, everyone notices, doesn't it? Yeah. It's like you're wearing it on your shirt, a badge that says, hey, this guy failed in here, or this woman failed in here, or this person. You can wear a mask, you can smile, and you can act like everything okay, but you know that pain that's there of, failing or quitting or desiring to quit. I carry around with me this ribbon here. It's a 10th place ribbon. It's a Junior Olympic record, a Junior Olympic, my first one, my first Junior Olympics. I was nine years old. I remember coming home showing my friends, look, I got a ribbon. What place is it? It's 10th. Man, you would have throw that thing away. Why are you carrying around a 10th Place ribbon because I didn't quit. Now I, I went on to, to go further, and I got more first place ribbons than I can count. That's my mom over there. She she vouched, she'll tell you that I have more hardware than you can imagine. But this is my favorite one. I finished number two in the whole state of Ohio. The whole state. All the swimmers, number two. But this is my favorite because this is the one I got after my coach told me that it's not about winning. It's not about being first. It's not about being the best. It's about you taking and putting all your effort into it and finishing. Open your Bibles to, for me to 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. Fighting is one of the hardest things to do. It's exhausting at times. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, is it up there? Hallelujah. Scripture says, fight with the faith, fight with faith for the winning prize, laying your hands upon eternal life. Somebody say fight. fight. The good fight. See, Scripture says to lay your hands on the eternal prize. You mind if I use you? Either one. Yeah, that's fine. 
See, our eternal prize, I just met him today. <laughs> our eternal prize is Jesus. So I, mean, I am the fight today's fight, laying my hands on my eternal prize. See, you are the reason, Jesus. You mind me Jesus right now? If I fix my gaze on him and I keep my hands on him, he empowers me to get through this situation that I'm going through now on earth. The moment I let go of my eternal destiny, it's easy to quit this, what God called you to do. See, when God called you to do it, he's going to energize your heart even through the tough times, even through the moments when you fail, when you miss it, when you mess the turn. He's there cheerleading you, energizing your heart. Why? He called you, and he's going to put what's in you to finish it. But when I let go of him and I begin to get my eyes off of the prize, understand this is a prize. We all run different when we get the prize. Let me tell you, when I thank you, Jesus. When, when I was pursuing my wife, Shatisha, and she looks so beautiful up there, right? That's, that's my woman. When I was pursuing her and I knew that there was somebody else that might have been interested in her, guess what? I'm going to run a little different. I mean, I was carrying all of her bags in the college. You know, I was, I was doing parking my car. I was doing everything it takes to get noticed. And then I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to win your heart. And, and when I have it, you're going you gonna to know that I'm different than everybody else. Don't you know when I, I, I won the prize? This is where we stopped the effort. See, we know that Jesus loved us and that his love is unconditional. We know that he'll, he'll never fail and that he'll never leave us or forsake us. So we got the prize, but we don't run the same way knowing that we have the prize. But see, the, 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 the chase doesn't stop just because you laid hold on it. Are you with me? I am going to run this race until the end because at the end I want to hear the words, what? Well, what? Done. Not, not just faithful, but what? Good and faithful. See, there's something God's going to sing over you that you got to grab a hold of right now that's going to energize you to plow through the quitting stage. You got to fight the urge to quit. Say it. Fight the urge to quit. See, everybody want to do it when it's easy. I like coming here. It's good people. The music's great. But what about the droughts? What about the times where, where it seems like you're the only one? That no one says hi to you. Can you fight their urge to quit? Fight the good fight. Say, I got to fill my heart. You have to fill your heart with eternity. See, I'm building, we're building a place up in Thornville called Fresh Start Now. And at the beginning, we thought, oh, yeah, it's going to be a piece of cake. A few months, it'll be open. Six months. Okay, it's going to still be open. One year. Okay, it's going to happen. COVID, two years. Here's the whispers. What are you doing? I know that voice. You might as well quit. No. 
Are you with me? You got to have your heart. What did Jesus say to do? Are you with me? Look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 through 2. As for us, we have all these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. They're everywhere. We must let go of what? Every wound. See, see, we got some wounds that we hold on to. There's wounds from one another, wounds from ministry, wounds from jobs, wounds from careers. There's wounds that happen to us on this journey. You were once excited about it, but then after living with it, living with her, living with him, living with them, wounds happen. That career you started, that you were so full of fire about, you had so much passion. You get in and you realize that everybody doesn't sing your praise. Wounds happen. Somebody said, let go of every wound. See, not just the easy one. See, it's easy to let go of wounds from people that don't like you. But the hardest wounds to let go of is those wounds from people that you love. It's like, I didn't expect that person to do that. I didn't expect that person to be that. It's so hard to let go of those wounds. Those wounds cut you deep. Those wounds stay longer. Those wounds are harder to stitch up. They're not just a Band-Aid wound. Those wounds take surgery. And sometimes we don't want to go through the surgery process. So the best, the easiest thing to do, not the best thing, the easiest thing to do is to quit. Say, I quit. And let me go somewhere where I can hide these wounds. Are you with me? It says, let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sins we so easily fall into. You know, unforgiveness. You know, anything that, that's not like the person that we laid hands on, laid hold on. As I was holding on Jesus, Jesus is not only uh, energizing me to get through it, but I'm beholding and becoming. Are you with me? I behold who he is, I become like him. Are you with me? So everything that he's not, what we say love never fails, guess what? Lord, I'm not going to fail. Have, have anybody ever said that about themselves? See, see, we always say Jesus can do it, but not me. No, 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 no. If his love can be perfect, his love is perfect, guess what? Your love can be as well. It's not about you obtaining it. You have to set your heart to it. And as I set my heart to it, it's going to rise and rise and rise. And I'm not going to be that same person I was earlier in my life. Because why? I grow as the child grows. He puts away the childish things. We, see, see, we want, as a kid, a kid will throw a temper temper and tear up their toys. But we get older, we throw temper tempers and break holes in walls and tear up relationships. It's still a childish thing. We're still dealing with it from an immature way. But God says, as you behold and become, you put away those childish things. You, mature love is when you can still love in a room with people that don't like you. Jesus could be in a circle. Of, he was before he on that cross. He's praying, Father, forgive them. What? The same them that spit on you, that whipped you, that said that we don't want you. That same them. He's in the only room, in a room with a bunch of people that dislike him. And he's still radiating with love. I want to be like that. 
I don't want to just have conditional love. I don't want to just love someone that loves me. That's easy. Even heathens can do that. Even people that don't know God can love someone that don't love them. But can you love someone that despise you and hate you, that curse your name and say you're nothing, you're worthless, and that you are what you did in life, and they say that's who you are? Can you still say that's not who I am? Why? Are you with me? Lay aside wounds that easily fall into. Then the Bible says, then we'll be able to run life's marathon. <laughs> I love that. How many are runners in here? There's more runners than swimmers. What in the world is you guys are sinful? I run to the table and that's it. <laughs> run the marathon. You runners know you can't just bust out the box and think you're going to run a marathon. Matter of fact, you got to work your way up to it, right? I can't just come off the couch and say, I think I'm going to run a marathon today. I can try. You have to do the work to get there. Same thing with life. I do the work to run this race. It's a whole different thing. I'm not sprinting like it's okay for microwave society. I got to get in five minutes or it's not going to happen. No, God, he's the God of eternity working in time. He says, look, a day is like a thousand. A thousand is like a day to me. He said, guess what? You're going to run this way. And it's going to take some time. It's a lifetime of racing. It's a lifetime of pursuit. I can't just be hungry in my 20s and then say, in my 30s and in 40s, you can't find me. No. I said, I got to run this way. I got to be consistent. How many know he's the same yesterday, today, and forever? Guess what he wants you to be? (laughs) See, he's not the only one that says, I want to be the same yesterday, today, and forever. And guess what? He wants you to be connected with him, and he wants to pour into you. And what's in him, he wants to get in you. Are you with me? He wants you to be consistent. God wants a bride that is, that, that's radiating with the same love that he has. No wonder he said it's the joy that was set before him that he endured the cross. He's not just thinking about eternity. He's thinking about a bride that's going to voluntarily love me. <laughs> See, he don't want a bride that has to be forced to love him. He don't even want servants. He says, you're no longer servants. I call you friends. He said, friends know my heart. He said, I'm not looking after someone I got to force to obey me. I'm looking at someone I want to love to obey me, that love to do it. You know what? When someone hates me, I love to love them back. See, I can't get to that level looking at them. See, if my eyes are focused on them, my love will always fail. But when your eyes is focused on him, love will never fail because you're not concerned about your character. Why? He's the one that speaks blessings over you. He says you can be blessed when people speak all manners of evils against you falsely for my sake. (laughs) You see, see, you understand what I'm saying? When you're connected with him, you can be blessed. You can have joy. You can have unconditional joy when you are, when you dealing with uh, different things on this earth and different situations. Look, I like to think I'm perfect. My wife will tell you, no, he's not. My wife had to deal with some tough stuff. I remember a time, I like to share my story. I remember a time when we were in newlyweds. We're driving down the street. I'm driving down the street. I'm saying something to her. We're communicating. And I'm not saying nothing that I think that's wrong. You know, guys, we're never wrong. She's always wrong. 
But one time, we, I was going about three miles an hour, and I said something. She opened the door. The car was still moving. I'm like, wait a minute. I slammed on the brake. What are you doing? She said, I got to get out. I right then stopped and said, wait a minute. Something, something happened here, God. It either, either there's a problem with me and my communication, or you gave me a dumb wife. It's never the second one, guys. I just want <laughs> that. That was my angry flesh talking. <laughs> she graduated, Madame Kuladi. She's she's very, very, very highly intelligent. Got better grades than me in school and everything. So the problem was not her. You know what? Anytime we want to talk to Jesus about somebody else, God always talks to us about us. He, he, don't, he, don't want to, he don't know how to know about her. He want to know about you. He says, my love is perfect. What did you do with it, Derek? If his love is perfect, then that means I'm being unloving. Uh-oh. I remember praying to God. I said, God, I gotta, you got to fix this. I got I to, gotta, because, you know, she knows I'm a goodwill person. I'm a good, and, and I know she's a goodwill person. So we have to fix whatever channel this is. And I mean, God began to give me a language to speak to her. Now I'm like, hey, baby. And she's like that right now. She, she's ready to, you know, forget all this. <laughs> <laughs> Are you with me? So it's about going through the tough stuff. You can't just in the middle of the tough stuff say, I'm going to take the trash out, hop the fence, and keep going. You can't say in the middle of the tough stuff, I'm going to go over here to the next church. Or I'm going to go quit this job and go to the next job. How many job hops are we going to do? How many relationships are we going to run from? I thought that was your best friend. Oh, that's not my friend, no, but we're not in season together. That was just a season. You know what? We put people in seasons. This is my winter friend. <laughs> this is my summer friend. We, you know what? God says friends are lifetime. Well, what are we doing putting people in seasons? Why? Because we are unloving. Are you with me? He says, run this life's marathon race with what? Passion and determination. I'm going to passionately love you. I am determined to love you. Well, what if they reject it? I'm going to still love. But what if they don't want it? I'm going to still be there the next day. What if they move to another state? I'm going to send them a postcard. I'm going to pursue after them. They're going to say, get your crazy butt away from me. What? God, when, you, when you're so full of passion, it, it, you're always pursuing. Are you with me? I'm pursuing. We sing the songs, knocking down walls, love, knock down walls and chase after me. What if you did that to somebody? What if the bye wasn't the last thing you said to them? What if they said, get out of my life? Okay, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> I'm going to tell you one person I know in here like that, that woman there. 
She said, hey, you said that we weren't talking. What's wrong? Oh, you're not answering the phone? Let me show up to your house. We got to fix this. But I don't want to fix it. We need to fix this. Are you with me? Say mature love. That's what God's trying to get us to. Uh, Verse 2, it says, we look away from the natural realm and we fasten our gaze upon Jesus. Didn't we just talk about that? I look away from the natural realm, natural, what I can, my five senses, what, what the person said to me, I look away from that. What the person did to me, I look away from that. What the person said to me, I look away from my natural realm. I fix my gaze on Jesus. You know what that means? Staring at him like this. You know, Jesus was like that. Whatever the father said, I said. You know, he was sat in tune. Whatever he said, I, I heard and I did what he said. I and the Father are one. What if you were one with Jesus like that? Not just in worship and church, but in life, dealing with real issues. What if you didn't say it unless you heard being said from heaven? What if you didn't do it until you heard it was being done from heaven? Are you with me? Look at this. I was riding in the car with my wife and I heard the Lord say today that somebody is going to is pregnant with faith and they're about to give birth to the greatest belief of their life in this season. You're pregnant with faith and the greatest belief in your life is about to be birthed. I don't know if that's you or not, but somebody has to believe this. Are you with me? Shall fight the urge to quit. One person. Shout, fight the urge to quit. quit. (laughs) Look at 2 Corinthians 11, 22. Let's look at Paul's life. I mean, sometimes if you just really just dive into it and, and look at some of the things that the disciples did, I mean, sometimes we don't, we don't do what, what they did because we don't do what they did. Somebody missed it. We all want to move mountains. We want to move with power. We want to... Someone fall out of the tree and die, and we raise them up from the dead. We want to do all that stuff, but can we do the basic things that they did? Somebody say, be faithful. faithful. Want to look at his life. Look at verse 22. I love that. Look, we call them super apostles. Are these super apostles of yours Hebrew? I love how he talks. He says, I am too. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they descendants of Abraham? 
Me too. Are they servants of the anointed one? I'm beside myself when I speak this way. He says, hey, this is not who I really, this is not my care. I'm not really being puffed up here. But I'm much more of a servant than they. I have worked much harder for God. Listen to this. He's arguing about, (laughs) I've been through more stuff. I mean, would you like to have an argument with a Christian like that? Oh, yeah, you love Jesus. Well, guess what? I've been thrown out of more circles than you. People said they hated me more, and I'm still here. Oh, yeah? Well, well, well I had 15 people slap me in the face. I mean, those are the arguments that they're having here. We get thrown out of one circle, we're done. We, we, we get one thing on this list happened to us. And we say, God, that's enough of that. New season. (laughs) We we quickly went out of that season. Somebody say wounds. You got to let those wounds heal. You got to throw those wounds away. See, he was a master of that. He'd be why? He laid hold of what knocked him off his beast. When you lay a hold of Jesus... You grab a hold of what's holding you, and you, it's not, his love never fails. So guess what? You think you're holding on him, but it's his strong love that's holding on to you. So you're being energized by that same strong love. And as, you, as he's not letting go, you're saying, God, I won't let go. And he says, your weakness is going to be perfect in me. I'm going to strengthen your little weak, fail, frail hands that says I won't let go. He says, I've been, I've been beaten and dragged more to prison. <laughs> I've been flogged excessively multiple times, even to the point of death. <laughs> he said, look here, I've been beat, drugged, whipped. And you think it's just people that hate him? No, he goes on to say, by foreigners and friends. Oh. Are you with me? It's easy. Okay, well, that was people that don't like me. But he said, yeah, there were people that were family too. You know, he was like, I'm like I was a Hebrew of Hebrews. Are you with me? He said, these are people that I, I once knew and the people that, that I once ate at the table with. These are people that I once broke bread and communicated with, and now they're turning their back on me. Are you with me? I don't know how many beatings you can take. But he says, five times I've been, I received 39 lashes from the Jewish leaders. Three times I experienced beating with a rod. Once they stoned me. I mean, how many would have said, okay, I'm done? (laughs) I mean, when you start picking up stones and saying, you know what, bop. Let's be honest. Some of us would have said, you know what, I'm done. You can keep them, Jesus. I'm putting them on the altar. <laughs> we quickly slide that one over to the prayer list. Let me go over here where it's easy, where everyone says Jesus when I say Jesus. We say, oh, that's good. That's where I need to be. No, no, no. 
That's the fire. That's the, that, that's the fire. This is the pep rally. Coming to church is the pep rally. But going out there in life, that's the real stuff. That's where life is happening. God, that's where Jesus is saying, oh, you go where the dark places are, where people ain't going to love you and they're not going to love my name. And when you say Jesus, you'll be the only one saying it. Are you with me? Growing out of circles. In the wilderness with storms and seas, with spies posing as believers. Uh-oh, fake friends. Fake friends. Jesus, you don't they say they love me over at the church. No, no. He said, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Look at the witnesses I gave you. Look at the cloud of witnesses that came before you. Look how they did it. Can you be faithful? when it appears that nothing is loving around you. See, we all want to be delivered from the fiery furnace, but what if he delivers you in the fiery furnace? Sometimes you got to say, God, you know what? This may be hot, but I know you're a deliverer. See, how many people have been dealing with something in their body for more than five years? I mean, there's some things that some of us have been dealing with since birth. And you become weary in that. It's been a long process, and you're still saying, God, I'm standing, but guess what? I am tired. I am physically tired. I'm mentally tired. Some of us go to bed and can't sleep because we're fighting with ourselves. I remember I used to look over at my wife. She's over there snoring, and I'm like, how could she sleep? The dog was snoring and my wife was there. (laughs) Put it all on diamond. And I'm sitting there like, my mind's resting. My my mind is wrestling. And and God is saying, shh, I got this. And I nudge her, Tish, you sleep? was sleep. Well, I can't sleep. That's one of us. And then she get to rubbing my head and the wife's got that. Man, man, if you don't, you're missing something. You don't have a wife. Just joking. Don't rush into nothing. <laughs> but she will rub my head and boom, I go right to sleep. It was almost as if God was telling me to rest my mind. Are you with me? How many people struggle with not knowing what they're going to eat or be clothed with? Paul did too. Sleepless nights. Deprived of food, water. Left hungry and shivering. Out in the cold, lacking proper clothing. And besides these pains, if this wasn't enough, I had to deal with the pressures of responsibility for Zion. No, no, not just Zion. All the churches. That's a lot of people. Think about that. It wasn't just us that he had to care for. He said, look, I had churches here, churches there, churches here. All this, 
all these needs, all these wounds that I'm dealing with, guess what? Magnify that. The wounds of the communities, the multitude of people. You got you to have your hands anchored on something greater than you when you're dealing with that. Are you with me? Say, don't quit. Second Timothy's four and seven. One translation says, I fought a good fight. But I like this one because it says, I fought an excellent fight. You know what an excellent fight is? When you know the game plan. When you know what your adversary is going to do, you study it and you know how to counter. Some of the greatest boxing champions were counter punches, counter punchers. He says, I fought an excellent fight. I have finished my full course. Think about that. Not, not just a good fight, an excellent fight. It went just, I got punched. Understand, a fight, you're going to get hit. Some of us got hit this year. How many of us lost somebody this year? A loved one. That's a punch. How many lost jobs and money? Teenagers. Moving away from home. So much happens. You're in a fight. But there's one that's strengthening you. You have a coach that's, that's excellent at fighting. Matter of fact, he doesn't sleep. He, 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 he's up day and night. He, he's, a great, he's our great intercessor. He's praying for you right now in the midst of your fight. He said, I finished my full course. See, I'm not getting up from the table until it's all done. I, I'm going to sit there and say, whatever, whatever it comes, God, I want to be faithful with it. The tough times, faithful. The easy times, faithful. Have you ever been in the car driving and the GPS just went off and you're going places you don't know where you're going? And, and the first thing you do is turn the radio down like that's going to help? <laughs> what does the radio got to do with you being lost? You might as well have fun getting here. So you turn the radio down, you wake everybody up. Tish, I'm lost. And, and you're waiting for that GPS voice to come back on it. And say, make a turn. What do you do? You get excited. You say, okay, now I know where I'm going. You step on the gas. You turn the music back up. It's back to having fun. Why? You know where you're going. See, that's what fighting the good fight of faith is. When you understand where you're going, you locked in on where, the, okay, that's the answer. Jesus is the answer. You turn the music up. You step on the gas and you get going. If it has a detour, guess what? She's going to reroute me. That's what God does. When one door shut, he says, what? Guess what? Rerouting. Another one opens. Are you with me? Yeah. Say, don't quit. I was looking at an interview of um, 
Mike Tyson, he had some hard times in his life. He said, everybody has a plan until they get hit in the mouth. <laughs> it's one of my favorite sayings. Because we all start off saying, okay, I'm going to do this, do this, do this. Then, bam, life happens. Now you're sitting there like, oh, I'm, 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 what, what am I? No, 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 get up. Get up. That's what God is saying to you. Get up. Some of us haven't been out the house since COVID. Get up. Are you with me? You haven't talked to that last person since the offense. Get up. What God's saying. What if Jesus was like that? We put the nail in his hand. What if he said, you know what? No, no, no. I'm not dealing with you no more. You see this? That was you. You know, we all did that. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. What if, he, what if he get to heaven and say, you know what? No, no, back in 1988, Derek, let me tell you what you did. No, 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 you're on probation. I won't talk to you for 200 years. Because, you know, this is eternity now. You know, it's different in time. You know, you're on 200 years, Derek, I'll talk to you. Don't even come to the worship service. But that's how we treat each other. He says, I, I separate you as far as the, your sins from you, as far as the east is from the west. He said, they never meet. It's not like 270 is going to go back around and come back around. No. He says, no, it's going to be east always, west always. This, one. this is why he can come to you. That's what, this is why he can tell you to come boldly before him. Why? Why? You, you belong there. There, you would have all of his righteousness, right? He exchanged your unrighteousness for all of his. You're not going to get to heaven and become more righteous. You have all of Jesus' righteousness right now if you receive it. Now I can come boldly because I'm coming as him. I'm standing in his righteousness. Hmm. What am I going to do when I get hit in the mouth? Keep loving. When I get hit in the mouth, what am I going to do? Stay faithful. Not quit. Are you with me? Yeah. Romans 5 and 3 and 6. And I'm going to pray for you. Romans 5, verse 3 through 6. Even in times of trouble, you know, I love tribulation. Tribulation is dealing with three things at the same time all the time. Who deals with tribulation before? I mean, trouble never just come one thing, one thing. It's never that you're having a financial issue. You know, you're having a financial issue, your car breaks down, and your job just moves you across to another side. It comes different ways. Are you with me? So the easiest thing to do is say, I quit. This is, anyone ever got tired of being them? It's like, let me go do something else. God, can I be somebody else today? Pastor Jim looked like he's having a great time. Let me be Pastor Jim. And then you find out the trouble Jim's dealing with. You're like, well, I'm going back to being Pastor Derek. <laughs> Are you with me? We have a joyful confidence. Joyful. Joyful. Somebody say full of joy. Being connected to him gives you that. 
those empty spaces, he fills those up in your heart. See, I love my wife. She's the greatest thing since sliced bread. But my joy is filled in him. He fills my heart to overflow to her. <laughs> you are enjoying the overflow of my relationship with him. Are you with me? When he's the center of everything and he's your source, he pours into you. You pour into others. That's why my, my, my son said something to me. My, my, you know, he wrote a, at school, he wrote a, uh, uh, Travis, he wrote an uh, article on something that's consistent. And everybody's talking about all these different things that never changes. And he said, my dad. And, and the teacher's like, why? He's like, he's the same Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. And the teacher's like, what? I'm, she, I'm, I'm not lying. He's the same person. I didn't see bad things happen in the house, and he's the same person. See, that comes from being going to the same source, the same well. I get the water from the same well. I don't get it from Dr. Phil. I don't get it from Oprah Winfrey. I don't get it from television. I don't get it from CNN. I don't get it from, I get it from the same source. Are you with me? I've got confidence. Why? Knowing that our pressure will develop what? Patient and endurance. This, what I'm going through, the pressure, building my stamina. I'm getting patient. Okay, God, it's not going to happen right now. It's going to happen. It's not going to happen right now. It's going to happen. It's not going to happen right now. It's going to happen. Well, you've been saying that for five years. Your back still hurt. Guess what? It's still going to happen. But you, 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 you're about to die. Guess what? It's still going to happen. When I get to heaven, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Somebody say reckon it. That means settle it. This patience and endurance will refine our character. And proven character leads us back to hope. What you're believing for with faith. All this you're going through in life is taking you to a place where you are connected back to what you're hoping for. You notice that some problems don't change till you change. When you change, you say, okay, I'm not worried about it, then your problem changed. And like, why can't you just change it at the beginning? Why well, I had to go through all that? He says, Look, look, where I'm taking you from, I'm Building you up, or building your character. Your character is what you do when no one's watching. It's, all, it's easy to say what to do when all the cameras are on. But what about when you're at home by yourself? What is your character saying? This pressure, what you're going through in life, is refining your character and bringing you back to hope. Are you with me? I need the praise team to come up here. I'm going to, I have God want me to do something. If you're on the praise team, I want you to come up here.
this hope is not a disappointing fantasy. Because we can now experience the endless love of God. The endless love of God. How can we experience it? Through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. It all comes back to he's alive in me. See, when you magnify the problem, the problem will always will look bigger than Jesus. That's why he says magnify me. Everyone in here has a storm. They came out of a storm. Are they going into a storm or they're in the middle of a storm right now? Life prophesies that. Matter of fact, your makeup, the breastplate of righteousness, helmet of salvation, all this prophesied conflict in your life. When you get through all the armors of God, what did he say to do at the end? Stand. Everything you need to get through this fight, he has given you. Everything. Say everything. Everything. You're not weak. You're not tired. Why? He says, I restore your soul. If you're tired, you're not going to the well. Because he said, I'll restore your mind, your will, and your emotions. That's why depression got to break off your life. Why? You go to the source. I want everyone to close their eyes, no one looking around. Right now, God is bringing out a cord from his heart, and he wants to plug into your heart. And he's turning the voltage up. See, the truth about your heart is your heart has the capacity to hold as much of God as you want to hold. <laughs> Right now, somebody's been weary. You were at the point of saying, I thought about it. I may have missed my flip turn. I, I thought about it. I thought about quitting church. I thought about quitting life. I thought about quitting my calling. I thought about quitting my marriage. I thought about quitting my relationship. I thought about just giving up. And here he is, Jesus, in that corner. And he's grabbing you by your chin. I want you to see him grabbing your chin and lifting your head. And saying, rise from here. Right now, it's not about your neighbors. It's about you and him, you and Jesus. And he's energizing your heart right now. And if you could be honest and say, Lord, that, that's me, Pastor Derek. I want you to stand to your feet. Don't worry about who's looking around you. Just stand to your feet where you are. 
the greatest miracle is going to happen in your life right now. <laughs> oh, he's going to restore to you right now the joy of your salvation. I just feel the Lord saying to pray for them right now. If that's you, you're there. I want you to come up here to this front. Come up to the front.